Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's see if this time I can hear you or I need to go in. I cannot hear you, so let me, let me check what's going on here. It's okay because I know you can hear me and I can solve it over here on the computer, so it's not an issue. Let's see. Yeah, you're muted. There you are. I can hear you now. Am I here? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, for some reason I have to go into I have to go into the computer and unmute you. I don't know why it mutes you. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Yes. Great. Great. Okay, and we're recording, so that's it's all good. It's all good. Uh, they they changed to improve it, and in the meantime, they just do something funky. So. How are you? How was you? I'm so sorry. I just, uh, I, I don't know. There's, there's a few things going on. So, um, um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was me not fully understanding or misinterpreting or something. And then, um, so, but starting next week, then every Thursday, 3:35, I have, I have an appointment with you. Is that how we organize it then? Yeah, that's how we organize it. Well, yeah. Perfect. Good. Okay. All right. Yeah. And if you need to cancel, you just, you know, let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I don't. It's just that I need to add it to my calendar because, uh, you know, anyway, it's, it seems I hadn't done it. But, um, you know, that's that's the important part that I, I now I know, and that's going to make it much easier, of course. So, yeah. But, so, uh, how are you from, I know that we we uncovered a lot of things, but it, it became kind of like a little, a little intense. And I know you wanted to do it in a positive spin. And so I'm, I'm curious how you are today. Let's just start with how you are feeling today. How am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling, um, I'm, you know, feeling intense, but I'm feeling good. You know, I, I, uh, I was in my office to like four o'clock in the morning last night with papers wow. everywhere and, and there are papers everywhere now. And I've, you know, essentially started debtors anonymous. Oh, and okay. So I, I started entering everything. You're supposed to write everything down. And I started writing, I wrote, um, all my, all my known receipts, um, from January and February, you know, into my register, which is where I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I started doing my, what my debt was for January, right, you know, getting all the bills and writing that in. Anyway, and I've just been going through, you know, papers. And I've been, you know, also in the last two weeks, I've been, clearing out some stuff. I mean, very small, but, you know, it keeps adding up. You know, I just, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I made a little, um, I cleared two parts of my room, my bedroom, and basically made them into altars. Wow, and, that's beautiful. 
Yeah. And, you know, so it's, but now I feel like I'm full swing. And, you know, I've been ruminating about this thing about, um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I've been ruminating. I have to make this decision. I don't have to, but I, I want to make a decision about doing debt consolidation and mm-hmm. uh, reduction. And, you know, there's some downsides of it. My credit co- score will drop for six oh. months, but then it supposedly will, within a year, they usually say less, it comes back up and gets better. Right. And, uh, you know, and it's, you know, ethically, I'm not sure how I feel about it. You know, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not paying off my debts. Some of them are reduced. But at this point, I, I don't even know, but I pay at least $300 of interest every month. And at the moment, Wait, how much, how much are you paying in interest? Probably at least 300. It could be closer to 400. Okay. And, okay. and the minute I enter this program, that all stops. Right. And, and you know, and, and my payments are lower that I'll pay. And, you know, I, I'm not, I'm doing, I'm going with, um, they're, they're all slightly different. And I, looking at two of them and they, you know, they seem very, one is highly rated, you know, on the web. The other one is, uh, you know, is also regarded well. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, anyway, so I'm deciding on whether to do it. And I'm about to go into another cycle where I pay huge amounts of money to this credit card. So I'd rather get in this program before I do that, because then I just save that amount of money now but what i ideally want to do is talk to somebody in debtors anonymous yeah about who specifically knows about this yeah and you know debtors anonymous what they're really about is you know i just i really want to you know i understand their their thing is stop debting right now you know stop spending right now is that that's yeah don't go into debt one more second you know and um you know, I haven't debted. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like an addiction. You know, I haven't debted in like three days. Maybe I should mark it. I haven't debted in like three yeah, or four of course. days. You can, you, marking it is a good idea. But I have done one of my behaviors. You know, like yesterday I spent $30 in food. And that's my biggest spending is in food mm, right and I spent $30 eating out I mean some of it was with Toriel on paying for her so ultimately it's not a lot but it is a lot for somebody who doesn't who have that. much right yeah, you know and so um yeah so you know and the other thing is you know the other interesting thing about all of this is you know I like I, I I'm making lots of new files and and I used to be more organized and I used to be managing my debt well like I had I got my debt debt down to fifteen thousand dollars now it's Mm -hmm. back up to fifty fifty three thousand dollars wow and I got it down to 15 and I had everything on zero percent interest and now I have lots of things where I'm paying, I just noticed I'm paying 25% interest somewhere. And, um, 
Yeah, so uh, um, anyway, yeah, so I, you know, what's sad is, and I've, you know, was talking to a few people, it's like anyone with addiction can get worse again. And so the fact that I had been better and then gotten worse again over the last six years, basically, you know, slowly gotten worse. Like, I feel horrible that I'm, like, let it get to this stage and let it get to the stage where I'm paying any more than the 3% transfer fee to, you know, I put all my credit on the 0%, but it's 3% to transfer it. So that means I essentially pay 3% on my debt. And, you know, I was doing that for years and doing very well and paying it down. And even if I, you know, racked up some debt, the fact that I've gotten to this stage where I'm actually, you know, I missed some payments, my credit score has gone down 100 points. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically up to date, but I missed payments by a few days. And that, I guess, it's, anyway, I'm, I just can't believe I've gotten myself into this level and I'm just happy I'm getting myself out. Yes, and yet you're doing it in a very conscious way with support and you're really looking at all the different aspects. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm good and I feel good. I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm getting on top of it and it's scary and and probably the biggest piece I, do you know anything about Under Earners Anonymous or Debtors Anonymous? I don't, actually. I really don't know much about them. I, I did help several people as a, as a therapist. I helped several people do what you're saying, the consolidating of debt and all that. And that was extremely helpful. Yeah, well, apparently, my friend, well, you know, I'm doing this playback theater project and one of the people in it is somebody, it's so interesting, you know, how, how things um, change. But there's this woman in it. She really actually triggers me. She has triggered me quite a bit because she has a lot of trauma and she kind of, she's just, ironically, she doesn't have very good boundaries sometimes psychically. And so she'll just project things and she just does all of these things that I really, you know, don't like, like she'll, she'll make a big drama and then somehow she'll create a drama or do something. And then somehow it gets on you. She projects it on you and acts like you're doing it. And I'm like, and then she's so quick in her psychic confusion and psychic projection that it just becomes a mess within seconds and minutes. And it, I'm making it sound a little bit worse than it is, but it just, it, it just flares up at times. And so she's kind of triggered me, but she's been hugely into 12 steps. And now and I, I, I thought, oh, I'm going to call her and ask her a little bit about Debtors Anonymous because she said she liked to talk. And I thought I was going to say, you know, hey, can you give me the name of somebody or, you know, that I could talk to, but I ended up feeling fine about talking with her. And I just, I was wary about getting into this kind of relationship where she's kind of a, 
uh, uh, support for me because she's just so psychically messed up. But what's turned out to be is she's been fine and been quite good and very helpful. Mm. And he said, and she's ended up um, saying that under earners anonymous is a lot about uh, it's unlike any of the other 12 step programs where it's a lot about your vision and Mm. it's a lot about, um, you know, doing the work that you love. So I think it could be a very helpful thing. I haven't done, I haven't done a call with it. And I, that's one of the things I'd like to do today is find out when the calls are for it. Um, yeah, that sounds like a very good idea. Yeah. So I'm, you know, so all of this and all of this is very supportive for me. I'm finally getting on the bandwagon here. Yes. Yeah, really, really, um, just, just you know, grabbing the, the bull by the horn, you know, like really looking at it. So when you actually, if you were to write down, Patrick, because I know that you're surrounded by paper, but when you write down, can you do that? Just I want you to for a second take a deep breath and write down $53,000. Okay. And just... Notice what happens in your body. Just notice if there's the sensations and the emotions that just come up. Because what we're going to do today is look at it from the physiological, like neurological, and um, you know the programming that has been installed, and that the work that we're, I, I love that you're doing this all this other thing, and the work that we are going to do is going to be focused on looking at the emotional roots of it and clearing that part. So when you actually from now forward, you, you know, take steps and you clear things and you start, then your, your vision can also be clear from past events and past traumas and past, um, you know, things that, programming that were installed when you were much younger. Does that sound good? Yes, sounds good. Wonderful. So just notice what are the physical sensations and emotions. Mm. And and pay attention because you have a really brilliant mind. Pay attention to the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want you to pay attention to the, stay with the, the, the debt. Stay with the debt and that number. And pay attention to what are the, there's a habitual self-talk. I want you to just really like use your mind and for this brief moment to become like a, a researcher. I want you to be like a Sherlock Holmes looking at, at these from like, okay, what can you discover? What is really going on? What are you telling yourself about this number? What are the things that you have been telling yourself about that in your life? I think the story I tell myself is I can never earn enough money to support myself. Yeah. And I'm just like my and and I'm just like my mother, Mm. who could not earn enough money to support herself. 
And I'm, I'm guessing that that has some emotions and feelings attached to it. Yeah, I feel very scared and sad and hopeless about it. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's the underneath feeling. And, you know, also that I'm 55 and I haven't, tackle this yet, you know? And so the only, yeah, I mean, the only thing I, yeah, I mean, it can get me down. <laughs> yes, and that's okay. It's okay. Let me tell you, I'm going to get you back up. We're going to get back up. But it, it's okay because what I have heard from hundreds of people that have done this is that all of what you're, what you're saying is, it has, is attached to, I'm, you know, I'm a failure, I'm a loser. But the core, core emotion that tends to appear, and I would dare say 99% of the time, is shame. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and the issue with shame is that it's the hardest emotion to, to deal with, to own, because what happens with shame is that is the one emotion of all of the emotions, anger, sadness, fear, you know, to even to the extreme, right? Like rage and, and panic. But shame is the one emotion that says who I am is not okay. There's something dress, this, that, you know, definitely wrong with me. I am not good enough. Right. Yeah. And what that, and I, one, yeah, go ahead. Start tapping. Start well, tapping, just, please. Uh, all right. Um, um, hold on. Uh, I have to get settled here into tapping. Um, yeah, I've just been feeling it so long, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I you know. There was something wrong with me, you know. I went into first grade and I was asked to draw a picture of a cow and felt like I couldn't do it and like there was something really wrong with me. I went in with so much shame. I mean, it was like a, oh my God, it was just such a, you know, uh, you know, coming from my family and and I, in a way, I projected onto school, and school wasn't helpful at all. You know, I go to this private school. I'm at six years, you know, I'm six years old. Yeah. In a private school in first grade, wearing a uniform with a tie and a jacket and shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, to draw a cow and can't draw a cow. Uh, and I immediately start getting picked on uh... because I. I'm just, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm weak. I'm already in a weak state. And so then the, all the bullies just want to pick on the weak person. Yeah. You know, they just spot them out. And I'm in yeah. a highly competitive place. I'm in New York City. And, uh, yeah. So these 
you're estimating how the, the, the memory just come up, right? And you're you're just stopping. So let's let's you know what what happens is the following: with dead is really like this dark cloud that follows you wherever you go, that you want to avoid it because it's just it's so it's so daunting and it feels so overwhelming and it makes you feel like crap because every time you look at your dead, you feel ashamed. You don't want anybody to find out. So it's almost like something that you want to hide. And we both know that whatever we just want to hide or we want to not look at, it's something that becomes bigger. It's like a monster in the closet. Right. So, so the first thing that I want to tell you is that I'm so happy. I'm so thrilled for you, for really, from the bottom of my heart. I'm so happy that you have those papers around you, that you went, you know, that you're looking at debtors anonymous, that you're looking at creating a different vision for yourself and that we're, you're doing this work. This is the hardest work that you will ever do. This is, this is work that like, nobody wants to do this because it, it does take you to dark places. The only thing is that when you keep avoiding it, it grows bigger because who's going to pay? I work with this lady that I don't know how much she, well, I, I don't remember exactly, but she, she owed, she got to at one point owe um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I remember the first thing to do is to reduce it, right, consolidate and the whole thing. So she, instead of paying like thousands a month on, on interest and that whole thing, that was the first step. The second step is to pay. She owed a lot of money to people. And I say, I want you to send a letter to those people. And if you have any people that owe you owe money to, anybody at all, I highly I recommend don't. you to do it. Okay, good. Okay, okay. But the thing, that, the thing is, is showing faith. So what is it, like what you're doing? Looking, consolidating will actually wipe those three, $400 a month. That would right away would make a difference in what you can pay. Because instead of paying whatever, 200 and pay 300 in interest, you all of a sudden are able to pay 300, 400 just for the principal. That in itself is huge, right? But even if you cannot pay that much, it's okay. It's okay. The idea is to start just to start and to look at that monster in the face. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me what's going on. Are you getting distracted? No. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, I just went on a little reverie of there was this one guy from like 30 years ago who I remember I did borrow money from him. I borrowed a thousand dollars from him, and he mm-hmm. called me up like literally 15 years ago, and said that I still owed him the money. And maybe I do. Maybe I mean I was in a such a flaky part of my life back then, but uh, and I guess he needed money. Right. But I don't. But the other thing is, he so he was so flaky. He had a lot of money. He came from a family with a lot of money, and he's also kind of flaky that he could have made up the story. And I've had people make up stories with me, and tell me things that weren't true. And you know, and so I don't know. I just let it go. But that's the one person I've 
owe money to. It's always been on me, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, it could be that I forgot, but why didn't he say something when, it, you know, when it happened? I don't know. Anyway, it just, yeah. do I owe anyone money that came up for me? Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, it's probably uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, if I think about things in my life, like, you know, there are been many times where I thought that I didn't do something and I had done it. So it's very possible that I did forget to pay him and I didn't owe him money. I mean, it's kind of weird that he didn't ask me for it for so long. Uh, Who knows, right? Maybe just at the time he didn't need it and all of a sudden he needs it. It's just so hard to tell. But it's it's also something that comes and it starts making you feel bad. I'm guessing. Yeah, it does make me feel bad, and it, it makes me feel like oh, that part of me that you know is maybe you know. I mean, I don't. I I, I guess the odds are that I did forget to pay him. Yeah. And that he's right. But you know, my denial mind or. You know, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't he remember if I paid him back? I mean, I don't know. It's just a weird story because he didn't contact me for so long. So long that it's weird, it's weird to, to know and to find out, and it's uncomfortable anyway, right? Because it's just... So... And he didn't follow up on it. I just said, what? I didn't pay you that $1,000? I thought I had. And did you tell he showed up 15 years ago? Yeah, and then he never he never called me back after that. You know, he just kind of, I don't know what his story was, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't, I'm happy that I, you know, it was interesting. I mean, um, my friend Janine, she shared a lot of her story and even shared some of her kind of papers with me just to give me a sense of what she did. And she she owed a lot of people money, um, and it was amazing. I mean, she owed like she had, you know. I mean, I just have these credit cards. I have like ten credit cards. I'm not even sure quite how many. I'm I you know I'm still in that process of. I mean, I, they're there. I just have to see you know say oh I have basically eight or nine creditors or whatever it is. I just don't know what it is exactly. It might only be seven. But I don't have, that's all I have. You know, I mean, I, I do have other debts. You know, I have a car loan and other stuff, but uh, I don't, um, I don't owe anyone money, which I'm happy about. Yeah, yeah. I don't own any, any, person. any person, any money. Right. So yeah, the shame, the shame is huge. The shame is huge, you know, and I, I, uh, you know, I, um, you know, it's just, there was just a weird set of circumstances, you know, growing up, you know, here I was upper middle class, you know, but I was around people who were super wealthy. I mean, you know, going to private school in New York City. And so I felt poor, but part of the reason why I felt poor was not just because I was not as wealthy as my friends, but because there was this alcoholism and this, this 
just this sense of degradation around me because, you know, my mother was just down and out. And then she also wasn't, you know, I didn't have the language or even the knowledge of it, you know, because I didn't, I was a kid, but, you know, here she was, wasn't working, wasn't earning a living. I mean, and also back in those days, you know, I mean, she was actually unusual in the fact that she was somebody who was a woman earning, having her own job. So that, you know, all my other friends' mothers were, you know, wealth, you know, not everyone was wealthy, but the vast majority of them were wealthy. And they were all, you know, they, you know, they were on the boards of things, you know, on the whatever, but they didn't have a job. They didn't earn money. The man earned the money. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah. on one hand, it was amazing that my mother even had a job, and, right. but but she didn't handle anything well. I mean, she didn't handle being a mother or the house or anything well. So I always felt kind of like I was living in a slum, even though I wasn't. I mean, but it's, it's were, a sense of being like a frog, right? Because what happens also is that you're very here. You are. You're like supposedly going to. It's such a confusing space, right? Because all of a sudden you're, there's there's a lot of wealth going around, but you're not living that way. It's it's like a it's not a right. very. And I'm not uh, even living. I'm not even living the upper middle class life because of all of the degradation and the addiction and alcoholism and messiness of the house. You know. We had roaches in our apartment because my mother would never clean up the cat food and the roaches would all eat the cat food. It was disgusting. Wow. And she wouldn't do dishes because, you know, so there'd be a pile of dishes because she was drunk. And so then they'd be there for the next day. And it was just this dirtiness and this degradation. And then she'd be drunk and she'd throw things. So I think I told you this image. There was this group of little statues that were from some Caribbean island. And it uh-huh. showed like this kind of going under the, what do you call it, where you go under the stick and you dance under the stick? Oh, the limbo, yeah. The limbo. And it was like a depiction of that and these dancers and these drummers. And these little figures were all broken in so many places because they were in a spot where my mother would just love to, you know, when she was drunk, just, you know, or she would just stumble. Sometimes it would just be stumbling, but sometimes she'd be mad and just throw them all to the floor so they'd break and then she'd glue them. And it was like Frankenstein, you know, because they had so many breaks in them and she just kept gluing them. And then, of course, I remember when I got to be older, I started gluing them. <laughs> God, really? so sad. Yeah, because I wanted some sense of, you know, order and life being put together. Yeah, and of course it was probably a memory of like this is home. This is part of my home. I don't want to just let it go, right? Even if it's just gluing, trying to glue it back together, even if at night it gets bad again. Right? Yeah. Ah. So uh, yeah, exactly. Just stop on that, and tell me that there's two main things that I want you to to let's tap into. Is either one, and which one feels stronger? A feel, a feeling of betrayal, right? Growing up, a feeling of betrayal that somehow, you know, somebody betrayed you. Somebody, well, I mean, I can hear your mom clearly, right? Like you were, 
she was supposed to be there and take care of you, and she just, did you feel it as a betrayal? I mean, I certainly feel that way now. I mean, you know, I did feel that way then, but so much of the, so much of what I grew up with is I wasn't able, there was no space for me at all. So I wasn't able to feel anything. I couldn't even feel sad or that's the way I experienced it. There was no room for me to feel, you know, it's interesting because other people have other stories and they would let, allow themselves to have all the emotion, but you know, my mother also didn't allow herself to have any emotion, really, mm-hmm. except when right. she was drunk. And right. so there was just, like, emotion was bad. The only thing emotion would do is, like, if you showed any emotion, then she'd kind of use it against you later. Right. You know, it, there was a shame about emotion. And, you know, part of it was the era and New York City and, um, you know, the era, you know, was a time where emotion was not good, you know. Right. So I couldn't really, yeah, there was always a feeling like I was playing catch up with even what was going on. You know, my best friend tells me that my mother is a lesbian, you know, because she has this woman lover. And then I felt like I had to do this, you know, horrible thing where I couldn't acknowledge any of my feelings in the moment because I said to myself, oh, I should have known this. How could I not know this? My friend said it to me like it was as clear as day. And as soon as he said it, it was like, oh, of course my mother's a lesbian. That's why she's sleeping in the same room with this person. That's why this person is over all the time. And how could I be so blind not to realize it? Same thing with the divorce. Like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't have any of my own feelings because I just had to shove them down you know, because I just had to adapt to the new situation. There was no room. I mean, there was absolutely, my mother had zero space to hold space for anyone else. And is, is it okay for you to, to really be there for that little boy? Because he, see, that's the thing, is like right now, he's still feeling the loss. He's still feeling the betrayal. And yeah. the shame for his emotions. He was not allowed to feel his emotions. And so together with that, there is, there is a part. See, there's something that when it comes strictly with, connected with that, there's the shame and there's the feeling that somehow, somehow you couldn't, you couldn't be the way that you needed to be or that you should be you know, or that was expected of you or that you wish that you, you know, like you were talking about being bullied because um, you were not strong enough, right? So wonder is there something as a little boy that you feel like when you're just saying right now, I should have known, is there any part that is connected to feeling like you should have known, you should have been different, you should have, is there any part of you that feels that somehow you don't forgive yourself or you should have been differently? You should have known how to draw a cow. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. I feel that a lot. Yeah. I mean, if I think in the modern thing, like I should have known about Brie, you know, here Brie was doing all these things. I mean, how could you not know? How could you stay in such a destructive situation? 
you know, it's, there is this kind of blindness that I comes over me that, you know, and then with the debt, the same thing, like, okay, I've been doing this for six years now and it's been getting worse and worse. How could I not know? How could I not do something? So, uh, yeah, there is this judgment. Exactly. There's judgment and this feeling that, so take, take a breath and, and uh, let's, let's go together to the gratitude point. Ah, even though there's a part of me that is constantly judging myself. Even though there's part of me that's constantly judging myself. Because I should be different. Because I should be different. I should know better. I should know better. I should have never gotten into this amount of debt. I should have never gotten into this amount of debt. I should have known how to draw a cow. I should have known how to draw a cow. I should have been stronger. I should have been stronger. So many things that I'm constantly telling myself. So many things I'm constantly telling myself. Even in the midst of my positive outlook in life. Even in the midst of my positive outlook in life. I know that I'm an optimist. I know that I'm an optimist. And I know that I want things to be better. I know I want things to be better. And yet there's a part of me that is constantly criticizing and judging myself. There's a part of me that's constantly criticizing and judging myself. And it it hurts. And it hurts. It brings me down. Brings me down. I take a breath and let's start. I so let's. You're still in the gratitude point, right? I was. Yes. Good. Good. So let's finish there. I now choose to be compassionate and loving. I now choose to be compassionate and loving to myself. Even if it's a tiny bit more each day. A little bit more each day. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, just if it's a tiny bit more each day. They're tapping through the point. So many things I criticize myself for. So many things I criticize myself for. So many things I sh- should do differently. So many things I should do differently. So much I would like to do that I don't do. So much that I'd like to do that I don't do. I don't even, I don't even want to say these out loud. I don't even want to say these out loud. But the truth is, I've been bullying myself. The truth is, I've been bullying myself. Without realizing it. Without realizing it. I bully myself every day. I bully myself every day. And it's a constant, habitual voice in my head. 
the constant habitual play. And where I have that undermines me. That undermines me. That drains my energy. That drains my energy. That sabotages my confidence and clarity. It sabotages my confidence and clarity. That makes me feel stupid. That makes me feel stupid. A loser. A loser. A failure. Failure. It's horrendous to say this out loud. It's horrendous to say this out loud. But the truth is, I say it every day to myself. The truth is, I say it every day to myself. When I know in my heart that I don't deserve it. I know in my heart I don't deserve it. I, I'm very clear I'm not perfect. I'm very clear that I'm not perfect. I also know that I have so much to offer. I also know that I have so much to offer. It's true that I wish I could have done things differently. True that I know I know that I could I wish I could have done things differently. And it's also true that every moment I try to do my best. It's also true that every moment I try to do my best. Take a deep breath. Just notice what's happening. Because there's, there's things that are moving. I can feel it. Are you with me? Are you going someplace? What's happening? Uh, what did you? What was the last thing you said? Are you are you with me or you're falling? Like you're 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 relaxing into you're resting. I wonder if you're still with me or if you were going away because I felt your energy drifting a bit. Oh, I kind of went to a. I don't know why, but Mark came up, and just kind of my ongoing letter that I always write to him in my head that I never send. And mm. I don't know, something about um, right before that, um, what were you saying? Um, well, no, this is, this is important because the bigger piece is what you've been doing, Patrick, is you've been punishing yourself. I've been punishing myself, right? Yes. I think so we're, you, we're, just to you, make that link of why I went to the Mark thing is because I'm wondering... I don't this know. is something that yeah. you, you should have done. You should have done and you cannot. There's a small part of you that cannot forgive yourself for not having it done. And now you can never do it. Right. Like I, I, haven't, no, I still could write him a letter. That's but, what I uh, want you to do. That's what I want you to do. I want you to, first thing, write, a, write that letter. And you, even if it's Telegram, even if it doesn't, if, if it's not perfect, can you please write that letter, that letter. Because mm. I want you to forgive. The process is you have been punishing yourself. The deep dead is actually feeling less than, feeling that you're in debt. Can be, it's, it's an emotional programming. 
You're in debt with Barbie because you didn't write that letter. You're mm-hmm. in debt, you know, that with your to yourself that you have not been able to, you know, maintain yourself. That you know support you know support your lifestyle, support your daughter, even though you're doing it. But it's like there is the I want so the piece that I want you if you can just for a moment just take a breath and I want you to write down. What are the things you cannot forgive yourself for? Mm-hmm. And I want you to really notice the things. Like, for example, you cannot forgive yourself for having been with Breed for so long. That, that was almost right. like a punishment. I remember that. It was like punishing yourself. Right. I mean, the whole the whole relationship was so punishing, yeah, so intense. And then I punished myself further. Like, why did I stay in there? Yeah. You know, I mean, the relationship was punishment. And then I was like, I really was so judgmental of myself for staying there. I can't imagine. I get exactly. that. I want you to truly, truly go and you know. I want you to answer that, and I would love for you to. You know, send it to me. Just take some time. Even if it's, this is how it's going to go. I want you to look at these, to work on these. This is worth the rest of your life. So I want you to work on these five or ten minutes a day. It doesn't have to be more than that. But five minutes as you are looking into your dead on papers and whatever, this has to be one of the actions. And one of the actions is writing down what are the things you cannot forgive yourself for. And there's going to be certain things that uh-huh. your mind is your your mind is going to say, but I'm right about that. I should not have done that, or I should. Especially those are the things uh-huh. that you need to understand. So, what is the the number one that comes up? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna work on one together. What what is one that I can't forgive myself for? Yeah. Oh, hold on one second. Sure. Um. What I cannot forgive myself for. And actually notice the things that if there's, if there's any thought that, there, that comes up, but you say, you know, that your mind is going well, but about that I'm right. You know, I, I messed up and I shouldn't forgive myself for that because I'm right. You know, I, I really made a mistake. I shouldn't forgive myself for that. I, I want you to especially pay attention to those. What comes uh-huh. up that you say, like, absolutely, that, you know, that I, I screwed up. I cannot forgive myself for that. What would that be? Well, going into $38,000 more debt. Yeah. 
since um, 2014. Uh, And I think probably if, if I had to say the biggest one was just Well, you know, uh, yelling and upsetting, yelling, I mean, the biggest one I'm probably most upset with, yelling and upsetting Rithia so much that she divorced me. Mm, I mean, you know, it's kind of an imponderable. Uh, I mean, if I didn't, yeah, I, I don't think if I... I didn't yell. I don't think she would have divorced me. Okay, that that's a very important one. Okay, that's, let's that's just the big yeah. why why that's important is you know the biggest reason is for Toriel, you know yeah. that she divorced me. That's probably the biggest, and that Toriel, you know that. I mean, I, you know, it's hard. It's really hard because I also take too much responsibility for things. I didn't fucking get divorced. Uh, but the reason why that bothers me so much, I mean, I, I do. Uh, that she divorced me and that this hurt Toriel. I just didn't want Toriel to come from a divorced family. I didn't, you know. Uh, that's that's the hardest one. So I yelled and I, I ended up hurting Toriel because now she has a divorced family. Yeah. Okay. All right. How true does that feel? I, I really yelled. I, I yelled and I, I heard Toriel. Um, that was, and that was never my intention. Yeah, was Toriel also there when when you yell? Say that again. Wasn't Toriel also there present when you yelled? Not really. I mean, uh, not really. I mean, not. I mean, there were probably a few times she was, but it. It mostly, I mean, she probably, you know, I mean, she was two and a half when I left. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I saw, you know, I mean, let me put it this way, you know, just to put my yelling into perspective, like I would yell every two or three months for about five to 60 seconds, maybe maybe 60 seconds at the most. Most of the time, it was like one to five seconds. You know, one to mm-hmm. 10 seconds. So, Do you, did you ever feel when you yell? Because I know that this is a very touchy subject. Is there any part of you, Patrick, that feels that, you know, that you were justified in your anger and that your anger is normal and that it's okay and you wish that you were with someone that would understand that because you wouldn't be divorced. But is there any part of you that when you yelled, 
you felt a little out of control. Like you were, not, not that you were going to hit or anything like that, of course, but I'm talking that, you know. No, that of course were, I was out of control. I mean, uh, to answer both those questions, did I feel justified or did I feel out of control? I mean, I felt both those things. I mean, every t- time I was angry, there was something I was, I think I had a right to be angry at. I just got too angry. Right. Well, no, it's yeah. not, of course, because some people, I mean, not all the time. I mean, I remember there were some times I was paranoid, like, you know, you know, there were times I was paranoid and I got upset with, with Thea because I thought she was doing something, you know, I was just projecting my mom. My mom was often terrorizing mm. me. And, you know, Rithia felt like she wasn't doing anything. But the other thing about Rithia, it's, it's so complicated. I mean, the other thing about Rithia is that she's very blind, I think. And she has no idea that she needles people or needles me as much as she needles me, you know. And I've gotten much better, you know. I mean, I'm much better now. I'm just saying, Rithia, you're too intense. It was great mm-hmm. to, you know, I mean, it was very helpful. Bree saw it and, and Becca saw it, like, uh, Rithia wrote both of us a letter very early on in our relationship to Becca. And Becca immediately just thought, you know, this is, this is uh, ridiculous. And just, you know, Becca's very much of a, she's no space to deal with anything that doesn't, she just, I mean, she's interesting. I mean, you know, she, she doesn't deal with anything. She just stops dealing with somebody if she feels that they're off. And uh-huh. so she just said, I'm, I'm not going to respond to this, you know. Uh, and, but it was, it was interesting seeing her reaction to Rithia's letter. just said, this is off. I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not playing like, in this game here. And, so, and that, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, so I think it's all true. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, Rithia is very blind to her stuff. She also... I mean, yes, I do wish I was with somebody who could deal with anger better than Rithia, and I, we, I probably wouldn't be divorced, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. and I, all I know is if my partner yelled at me as much as I yelled at Rithia, there's no way I'd even be thinking about anything. I would just be like, especially that, you know, I mean, there were times that maybe 25% of the time, I think that would even be high, that I was just... Uh, that there wasn't actually even a reason for me to get angry. Like I was paranoid that she was doing something when she wasn't. I think that would be, that would be rather high, 25%. But maybe 10 to 20% that could have been true that I was paranoid. There was times, like I remember her coming up to me and me yelling and, or, or not yelling, but getting, you know, there's stages. I would get testy and be like, and she would just say, I'm just asking, you know, I, I, you know, but, I also remember, well, you know, she came at me so much and she still does now. And I'm not reactive now to it because I'm so distant from it. But she. But it's the piece here that I want you to, I, I totally understand. And I, I, I know that there's a lot of parts to these. But when it comes to your death, when it comes to your death, and because you're working on reducing and eliminating it, and understanding why your system has been programmed for that is because there's a part of you that still does not forgive yourself, and you're punishing yourself by creating these steps. 
I want you to, that's mm. the part. Even, even if the other part, you know, so she poked you and, you know, she did whatever and that led for you to feel a certain way and then you reacted or all of that. I want to leave aside the, you know, the rationalizing and the, because it's not about understanding. It's about what has been in your system and you said it so simply and so clearly. I wish I didn't yell because so yell would have, would, I wouldn't be divorced. And that's, that's the piece. That's it. You know, that's, that's a simple piece. It's just, so I, that's, it's just, I yeah, wish, that, I wish no, I didn't yell. That's true. I mean. So this is how, yeah. this is how I want you to look at it for the sake of time because I, I got to go. But I want you to, um, I want you to look at it this way. I want you to, in your mind's eye, for a moment, we're going to do very briefly, and you can do it, and of course, you tap while I say this. I want you to see yourself at one of those times where you yelled, and you were not being reasonable, you would be paranoid, something was going on. You, you know in your heart of hearts that you did not deal with it the best way you could. That you wish you did, but you, you just didn't. Because there was a lot going on, you just you just didn't. So I want you to just look at that version of yourself. Here he is. And he's just really upset and just screaming. And as you look at him, just very simply look at him. And initially there may be a like, wow, this is the do is just really off. It's just oh, and we you know, just allow the judgments to come up. Not forget about any reasoning, please. Just just allow the judgments to come up, and then slowly, slowly keep on tapping, please, and slowly start looking around him. What's going on? What is the financial situation? The stressors that he had, all the different pieces in his life. Was his mind putting pressure? Was his brother depressed? Was he dealing with work that was not going the way he wanted to? All the different things. Well, that's, I, want, I mean, yeah. just to say, I mean, when, Riti, when I got, when this was going on, when I got particularly bad was when my mother came up to not live. Yes. That, that and is, she yeah. was spiraling downhill. So this all happened. I mean, that alone, I mean, oh, my God, I, had, I, I can't tell you the judgment. I mean, if my wife had her Alzheimer's mother coming up and she started yelling at me and then I chose to divorce her at that time, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you the amount of self-judgment I would have about myself. I mean, my God, I just, I'm a very different person than Nadia. I mean... I can't, I mean, it's just insane. I mean, you know. So the, the, piece, the piece that is huge, oh, Patrick, God. is to understand, to create understanding Jesus and compassion Christ. that given everything that was going on, that was, the, that was the least you could do. You did the really the best you could do, and there's absolutely nothing to forgive. You were just simply not with the right partner, but I want you to, because, by undoing that shame that you have put on yourself, you start, that's what I want. It's not about 
you know, in any way justifying. Justifying would do the opposite. What I want you to do is bring compassion, understanding and compassion, and the recognition that there's absolutely nothing to forgive. You really, given the circumstances and everything that was going on, you definitely did the best that you could. Can you agree with that? I tried. I mean, I certainly tried. That's what I mean. It's like I want you because that, that's why that, that, and this is a kicker here. When you see him screaming and, you know, and being somewhat inappropriate, maybe he's, you know, yelling in front of Toriel or something is going on. Who, who do, you, do you feel that that version of you deserves punishment? Well, not consciously, but right. Know. But that's that's a, yeah. But I, I want you to go into your heart, and that is the piece when you start undoing things. I, I'm so happy that I please listen to this recording because this is a kicker. This is mm. how you undo your debt. I've mm. seen it happen. Is that you stop punishing yourself because there's nothing that you mm. need to punish yourself for. Mm. And the okay. debt slowly starts because, see, what happens with debt is that you believe that, and yeah, it's a subconscious thing, but you believe that you deserve to be punished for things that you've done, and you are punishing yourself. But that adds to the piece that you, you believe that you're not deserving of good things. The other side of the coin is that you don't deserve. And because you don't deserve, you don't earn, right? And because you don't earn, see how it's a spiral that goes down instead of up? Yeah. The, mom- the moment that you start undoing it and that you get in touch with your, you know, compassion and valuing yourself and caring for yourself, that's when things start really shifting. Mm. So I want you to, in addition to creating that list and to start working on these and tapping, please, five minutes a day, just five minutes. I want you to use, even if it's, for, okay, here's what is going to be time. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> of mirror work. You probably have done these before, right? Just look uh-huh. at your eyes in the mirror. And I want you yep. to say two things. I accept you exactly who you are and I appreciate your value. That's all you're going to say. And notice if, you know, 30 seconds. Mirror work is so powerful, but it's connecting you with your value, with your sense of worth, and what you believe that you deserve. And that's where the whole earning comes and everything. Wow. All right. We did it. I All do right. have to run, but uh, write to me or text me if you have any question or something comes up, okay? This is really powerful work. Really powerful work. It's, only, only for 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 very courageous people. Mm. Mm. It really is. Mm. Okay. 
Take a All deep right. breath, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Big hug. All right. Big hug to you. Thank you, Adam. Bye bye. Bye bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.